again at the BAM Biz Talk Podcast. And I am Angel Garcia here with Michael Crane. We are BAM, and our guest today is Miss Kat Shelby with Shelby Technology Solutions. How are you doing today, Miss Kat? I'm doing great. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So you, you, you have a, a knowledge set that is very important in today's world. And, you know, we feel as uh, entrepreneurs and, you know, our business evolves around entrepreneurs that it's one of the most important things when you have lots of data, everything's digital, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, uh, how you came to be where you're at right now. Okay. Um, so I actually have been around in, I would say, the technology space for about, let's say, 20, 22 years. So for a while. And I always feel like I went the traditional route. You know, I worked for a very large LEC for a long time and then worked for an on-prem phone system dealer for a couple years and then came into the space that I'm at right now, which is more technology consulting. And I had worked for two different companies on a contract basis, consulting with their clients. And I decided, you know what, I might as well just go out on my own and start my own company. And I mean, and I've loved it. I mean, I love working with my clients. I, you know, obviously in the technology set, we're always learning new things. And I absolutely love to, you know, continue my knowledge and learn and be able to help my clients. Yeah. So that's yeah. what it's about, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. what the entrepreneurial uh, does, right? <laughs> <clears throat> Also, mm -hmm. all from the client to customer perspective. Exactly. That's mm -hmm. how you serve them. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So awesome. So, um, what 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 is is there? What's going on in in the uh, cyber world right now? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel with technology, you know, every day we're looking at more ways that clients can interact with their customers, how the client the customers want to interact with them. And I think that's a huge thing right now because, you know, it's not back in the day where you pull out the yellow pages and you look for somebody. People want to, you know, look online. They want to be able to chat and ask questions. They want to, you know, possibly message to get their answers versus picking up the phone and calling. And so, you know, you're looking at that huge digital transformation that they have, whether you be a small, medium or intersized business, they're kind of wanting the same from you. Yeah, you you think that it's very um, it's important no matter what size your business. That's true, mm -hmm. right? Because you could be a one man show, but have some really uh, what do you call it? Some uh, sensitive information from your mm -hmm. customers that you can't have, you know, stolen yeah. or exposed. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and you know, digital transformation or you know your tech your tech stack can help you make sure that you're safe and secure, as well as help you with branding, as well as help to ensure that you have good customer service. So all of those things combined. So tech stack. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, today's world. I mean, you, you can go back and look at history a little bit. Look at uh, Citibank. Look at the Sony Playstations, and uh, you know, look at the. The hack that they that occurred, mm -hmm. uh, Citibank's hack was a uh, was a message board, and the truth of the matter was, it came in from the back end. It's really hard to get into a message board and be able to collect everybody's information and then be able to use it. So, I really never did understand the cover up on that. <laughs> Sony, however, came out and said, uh, "Yeah, you know, everybody that had credit cards, um, all their personal information, well, out the door that went." Mm -hmm. uh, and it took several years for them to create the integrity to even want to buy their system again. And then we had a, a, the, the old one that I really, really, uh, I can't help but uh, uh, bothers me the most is the lady that got out of her car to go get coffee and she left her laptop in there and she left behind 6,000 plus mm -hmm. uh, veterans' names and addresses in a, in a laptop. And if she had just stopped for a moment and said, what if... That may have changed the whole scenario, but that became somebody else's property, um, and it was unfortunate. So that's really the, the best thing about having somebody much like our girl here today who really can help you uh, define what your security needs are and be able to put the network in place to actually save the most valuable asset you have, and that's customer information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely true because your your customer information and the integrity of your company is so important in this day and age. You know, um, 
And when you think about it, just kind of what you were talking about with her, you know, think about what could have been like, okay, let's say she did lose her laptop. Well, you know, if she's in a cloud-based product set or she, her laptop was actually more safe and secure, you know, did it have a password? Did it have a username? Was it easy to, you know, all these things are things that you should be thinking about as a business owner. Um, you know, if your password can be guessed by looking at your Facebook, then we've got something to do. And, you know, I'm a big pro of talking about the importance of having multi-factor authentication versus just your traditional username and password. Because, I mean, we're only human and there's only so many different things that we can think of to change. You know, as annoying as that is, is having to put in the password. (laughs) Oh, okay. Now you're going to text me. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it's okay. Okay. How many times I have to do this? Exactly. (laughs) But... It is secure, though. It's more secure than, you know, so if I get a text and I'm not even on my computer, whoa, what's going on? Exactly. And and I think that's what you look at. You know, some of it may seem a little more, you know, one or two minutes takes you a little more time. But that safety and security is well worth Mm -hmm. that one or two minutes of time to make sure that your client's information aren't getting out because, you know, there are fines for, you know, credit cards getting out. Uh, HIPAA violations, you know, the broad spectrum. And the thing is, if you're small, medium, enterprise, no matter what size you are, those are pretty hefty fines once they find out. And it can cost a lot. So, Yeah, you know, the old days, um, I mean, way, way old days, older than me, okay? (laughs) Uh, There used to be a thing that, you know, the Spaniards would travel and, uh, you know, they would be cautious about who's following them, who's watching them as they traveled. And uh, they would typically dig a hole and they would then bury all their gold in this hole. And then they cover that up and then they bury their nice plates and those kind of things made of silver. And then they would cover that all up and then they would just go ahead and put personal objects in the hole that had little or no value at all and cover that up. So when we look at the multiple level of authentication, we look back at the days when the Spanish... Spaniards used to hide their gold. And the way that this would really come about is you'd see that there was a hole and you'd only dig so far and you'd give up. And chances are you never really got to the gold. Mm -hmm. And that was a level of protection. And today, just as you mentioned, we are looking at different levels of being able to protect certain information. Mm -hmm. Now my question becomes, do we give information out to to save the most important? Is that Mm -hmm. what we do today or... I wouldn't say you give information out. I think you put things in in place so that your customers can interact with you how they want and get the information that they need and they need only. You know, and whether that's software based or that's network based or that's how you set up your systems within your your business, that would be what I would look at at that point. And I really think kind of what you're talking about though really talks about a zero trust network is what, you know, what are you going to allow people to access? Right. So, you know, and when you think about zero trust, you know, it really is what it says. It says, all right, so, you know, we all remember the target hack that get, went through their HVAC system, right? But if you created a zero trust, they wouldn't have been allowed to access other systems by getting in. Mm. You know, there, and, and my, the other thing that kind of gets me is I know today, I mean, I, I'm an old IT guy from way back. Um, Today, there's multiple ways of saving information. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think uh, one of the things that you've hit on before that really is uh, should spark a lot of people's interest is the idea that we don't keep everything underneath our, our desk or in a single server where we hold everything in the same place where we capture it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with the case of a fire. Yes. I mean, and you want to think about it is if tomorrow something happened to your physical location, whether that be your home office or your office um, headquarters, brick and mortar, you know, what would you do if you lost all your client information? And you, you know, you want to think about how is that information being backed up? How am I making sure that information is safe and secure? You know, it's I know that I've dealt with clients that have had tapes where they have, you know, let's say their office manager take that tape home. Well, what happens if something happens between, you know, the office and the house? How are you going to continue to be able to access that information and what's going to happen to it? Very good said. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. the value of, of customer information 
is, uh, you know, it takes forever to collect it. And then uh, to know what to do with it. And then you turn around one day and you come driving up into the office and it's on fire. Mm -hmm. How do you ever start a business over again? I mean, really, isn't that what we're doing if we lost all that information? You really are. You're starting from, you know, day one. Because, excuse me, um, you're thinking about, I have this information, whether it be, okay, so I dispatch all these people here. Um, but I mean, even to that, you know, think about the information that you store that you need for your taxes, your compliance, things like that. And I, I know you guys know as a nonprofit, you know, y'all have to keep donation information for so many years. What happens if that's completely lost? Like, how are you going to rebuild that information? And then how are you going to justify it to, you know, your tax person and say, hey, you know, here's what we lost. Here's what happened. Wow. Yeah. Taxes scare me anyway, <laughs> right? Um, and now you're putting that in there and you're not safeguarding your information. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that could be a huge effect. It could be definitely. One of your employees opens up an email that they really don't know about. And then, you know, mm -hmm. some, what, what's that called? A virus, uh, what's that? A virus ransom? malware, ransomware. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's happened. That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And here locally, that's happened several times to some pretty, uh, fairly large uh, organizations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to recover for that. Almost impossible. You never really fully recover. No, and the importance is, you know, let's say that you have some type of virus, malware, ransomware, whatever happened. You know, you want to back up all your information from prior to being hit. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's important not only that you're backing up your information, that you're checking that your backups are going through. Um, I had a client that had a situation like that and realized that they hadn't processed a full backup in two years. Wow. So, I mean, it, it can definitely, and, and you can't go back two years. You've got, you know, those whole two years of information that you need for your business to move forward. Oh, my gosh. Just just one project working working mm -hmm. for like an hour or two. It's, it's not getting saved. And then the computer crashes mm -hmm. or electricity goes out. And like you lose two hours of work. I mean, we know what that's like. Several times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Losing two mm -hmm. years. Oh, man. I've, I've lost a hard drive before. Mm -hmm. I had I had all kinds of projects on there. I had like creative graphics stuff, and and we're still not over that. We're still not over that. Lost yeah. a lot. No. Lost a lot. It, it hurt, and you know that's when I started depending more on the cloud. Because mm -hmm. I was always like, I'm a hard I'm a hard guy. I need yeah. I need a hard. You know, I I wanted <laughs> yeah. In my hand. You want to hug that. Yes. You know, I want to hug yeah. my laptop. I want to hug my server. I want to hug, you know, my on-prem phone system. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. you, you want to kind of stick with what you're used to. Yeah. So I would, I would take out my hard drive every day, take it home to work on my laptop, you know. So it was going through all this movement and getting banged in mm -hmm. my bag. And eventually it, it quit on me. Mm -hmm. Lesson learned. That's know. true. Yeah. Definitely. But I think one of the biggest things for businesses and business owners is to think about, you know, some of the simple things that you can do to protect yourself. And one of the biggest things I see is you can train what's between the floor and the computer, and that's your employees. Because, you know, you're just talking about opening up ransomware, opening up files. You know, we're human. And so if we see something that we right. think in our mind, like, oh, this looks legit, you know, you want to train your employees to do a little more than just a cursory look at it and be like, oh, this says it's from Microsoft. Hold on one second. That's not a Microsoft email. That means this bad boy goes in the delete file. Mm -hmm. I just got several from Facebook mm -hmm. saying um, your account has been frozen. Right. And it just it looks it just looked weird. You know, then you look at the you look inside there and there's actually a Gmail in there. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, mm, delete. You know? Exactly. Well, and too, you know, it'll be something like, you know, a big company like Chase or something like that, not not to call them out because they're not sending these out, but it'll be just a minute change. One of the letters will be wrong or something will be. And so, you know, if you train yourself, your employees to start, you know, critically looking at these things, that's the most important. And it can even come down to, let's say you get emails from someone all the time, y'all work with all the time, but this particular email right says, hey, you need to open this to do this, this, and this, and that's not traditionally what you're receiving from them. Mm. You know, do your due diligence, pick up the phone, call and say, hey, I got an email from you. Did yeah. you send this? Yeah. So. Before you open it. Before. Exactly. <laughs> that's, right? think that's pretty it. important right there, before <laughs> you open it. <laughs> you know, I was, I was in Phoenix, Arizona. I was at a casino 
not because I wanted to gamble, but that's what it turned out to be anyway. <laughs> um, but I got a newspaper shoved underneath my door, and I got to read it. And the article on the front page was all about the oil companies in Midland, Texas, how fast they're growing, um, gallons and all that good stuff was all on there, the amount of money that's being pushed through Midland. Um, and the next thing I realized is, you know, today we have 11-year-olds or younger that can hack. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it, this was that really grasped me was I did a thing in my neighborhood at one time to see how many open networks we had. Uh, and honestly, most folks, believe it or not, if you know their phone number, and I'm saying this out loud, mm -hmm. you can typically lose, use part of the phone numbers um, to actually break the code and get into their network. So I'm thinking a lot of these folks are in the oil industry. Mm -hmm. And how easy it was for me to just find out that the network was open. Uh, they have, you know, where you can stand outside, basically hide a computer, and the computer can go through a, a wide variety of sequences to break a code. And typically, it, it averages, you know, different uh, time frames as to what it takes to do that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, they need a person like you to show them uh, and, and really help them, guide them, to where they can close off the front door uh, to their network to the point where if it's open, you might as well just leave the house and go on vacation, right? And leave the key uh, in the door, not under the mat, and just let people in. Um, and, and really, we depend on people like yourself who can actually get out there and look at the network and see where the open spots are and really secure them. Uh, and really what this means too, folks, I hope you're listening. It's about your assets that you need to be covering. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't take much for somebody to come out there and make sure you're safe, clear, and, and organized the way you need to be to have that kind of information at home. Yes, that's definitely true, especially in today's environment where you've got so many people working from home. You know, it used to be you'd be like, okay, our office is good. We've got our network set up. We've got our protections in place. But what happens once they leave the office? Right. You know, where, where are they where are they getting Wi-Fi? You know, are they using just their laptop or are they using their phone? Are, there's multiple endpoints that people can get in with. Yeah. And so you have to think about covering it as a holistic view of what all everybody is using. And, mm -hmm. and you know, just like when you were saying about um, networks being open, it's not even that. Think about, let's say you're at the office, right? And really, your executives have their Wi-Fi. Everybody has their Wi-Fis. Well, at the end of the day, a lot of times, you know, I'm not going to say who, but they'll write <laughs> on the whiteboard, here's all the password information for your Wi-Fi, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, Joe Schmo walks in, and he's got that information oh. now because he's got that password because you haven't created, like, a separate visitor network. Guess for, pens, yeah. Exactly, for them to use. It's the same thing. There are some cyber muggers out there. Cyber muggers. Uh, they follow you wherever they go, and uh, you know they open up their laptop computer to increase the Wi-Fi. So when you get into coffee shops and those kind of things, you think you're on a secure Wi-Fi. Let's just say it, folks. Mm -hmm. Those Wi-Fi's in airports, hotels, coffee places—none of those are secure. Mm -hmm. That's an open Wi-Fi. Um, you can set uh, your laptop to receive or output a higher um, broadcast. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you do get into it, they, they, when you're logging in, let's say the coffee shop, you're actually logging into maybe a neighbor next to you who is cyber mugging you mm -hmm. uh, and, and going from one place to the other with you. And typically all they want is your bank account information. Mm -hmm. So... This has happened in an airport in front of me. Um, in fact, my wife was with me. I got up and I saw what was going on between two people sitting at the counter. Uh, and I believe this was in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And the girl was on there. She was doing her, her bank account. And the next thing you know, I can see what she's doing on her laptop is now happening on his laptop. Um, you know, all you could do is pull the plug on her and sh shut her computer off. She got really mad at me, and the guy took off, and police all came. And I was trying to tell the police what the guy looked like. They looked at security, but they were actually looking at taking me. Mm 
mm-hmm. uh, because I tried to save her from somebody getting all her account information. Mm-hmm. Um, does this happen quite often now, or is this kind of getting to the point where it's maybe not as bad as it used to be? Oh, no. I mean, I think it's still happening. Yeah. You know, constantly and consistently. And actually, you know, I have this plug right here, but this is what I always tell people, you know, take these with you and plug your phone in versus when you go into like an airport or somewhere and they've got the little, you know, yeah. USB charging stations. Exactly. Because how do you know that that charging station is legit? How do you know they're not trying to get into your information? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 See? What? See? That's oh, why we need God. her. Yeah. <laughs> I've been plugging my phone into everything, man. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I don't think it's as prevalent as people just using the open Wi-Fi technique because it, it works, right? Right. But the thing is, you know, how can you secure yourself is the most important thing. And should you not be asking yourself that question every time you plug in, every time you turn on your phone, are you secure? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I know some folks that are older than me who are really... Uh, I don't know how else to say it, but they're just scared to death of being on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they call them cyberphobias, mm-hmm. but uh, they they don't like working with it uh, because they think everybody, for one, the government is watching me. Two is everybody is going to get my information. Um, I don't trust anything that comes off the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it just goes on and on. But you know, I, I we've got some older folks that we know that. I don't know how to tell them it's okay and when it's okay. Mm-hmm. They already have all your information. <laughs> yeah, I mean, should I tell them that? Um, <laughs> they already know you better than you know yourself. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what do you do in cases like that? How do you inform people that, uh, you know, here's the steps you should take uh, maybe to help with your personal security? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm i not going to say who, but I know somebody that gets on the, the World Wide Web or World Wide Wait. And they order everything they think of off of this. And I just can't help but think, you know, you're using your credit card, personal information. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you begin to stop some of this? I mean, I think you have to really look at what you're doing. You okay. know? And I think that, you know, having, I hate to say, a, a base level of knowledge, but, you know, you want to look at websites. You know, do they have the proper security measures does it say we're secure what what does it say when you're ordering things yeah there's it's a similar i know we all order from amazon and we all you know do all that yeah. but then let's say you're ordering from some small company you know what do they have in place you know i mean and, and let's not forget amazon and everybody else is just as vulnerable in the long run you know the question is not if you're going to get hit the question is when you're going to get there hit. you go and you know when you get hit what is your remediation plan like what does it look like when something is you know lost or information gets out what do you do so that's I love that. So could you like run a, through us a, a, like a quick scenario or remediation plan? Mm-hmm. So really what you're looking at, you know, as a business owner is, okay, let's say something gets lost or gets destroyed or gets hacked, whatever it may be, is how do you rebuild that information in a safe and secure environment? How do you guarantee it's now safe and secure? And how do you move forward? You know, it's a Part of, I think, the remediation plan is not just about what are you going to do when you get hit. It's are we looking on a quarterly or at least a yearly basis to see, you know, where are our open spots within our network? How can we, you know, be hit? Whether that looks at, you know, you're looking at vulnerability scans, penetration testing, things like that, because that gives you an idea about, okay, here's the things we need to work on. So you you don't want to per se you know dig your head into the sand like an ostrich and be like I'm not I'm gonna pretend like we're never gonna be hit. It's let's go ahead and find yeah. out what you know holes we have, where we need to train, and whether that be employees, you know, secure our email more, you know, things of that nature. You know, I I, I want to just ask what your feelings are about how often should you maybe change your passcode? Um, what are some of the things can you put into your passcode that maybe increases security. Um, I know a lot of people, in fact, I, I got to tell a story real quick. I was at Mayo Hospital and we were going through an audit and uh, I was waiting for a buddy of mine to, to get, let go and let's go lunch. And as I was standing in there, uh, the auditor came in and he says, go ahead and log in for me. 
And he logs in, and I'm telling you, it was a long password. And I'm thinking, man, was that not cool that he can remember that password? And it had to be somewhat like 20-some-odd characters, if not more. I I just remember that him having to move around the keyboard to type in such a password. And then the, the guy asked him to log out and log back in. And again, he puts in this real long password, and I'm, I can't believe it. And then the third time he asked him to do it, I really took note as to what he was doing. He actually would type it all in, and he sat back, he looked up, kind of stretched around, and then he typed a little bit more. Well, when he did that, I still happened to look up, and there was the password across the ceiling. <laughs> and the auditor caught him, and I hate to say it, but uh, he did get fired over that. Um, but my gosh, he had it wide open on the ceiling, for heaven's sakes. And I see a lot of people doing this. Where I'm sure you can tell us. I mean, passwords are really simple. They're not. They're silly as far as some of the passwords. It's not hard to figure them out. Some people, you know, will put a password underneath their 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 table or something, you know, and uh, really not hide it. You know, it's, if you were to be a hacker or something, that would probably be the first place you'd think to look. Yeah, well, I, I, it's interesting you talk about that because I had a client call me and he was like, all right, Kat. He's like, I walked in the other day to my business and he's like, remember how you said sticky notes with passwords were like bad? And I was like, yes. And he's like, and, you know, particularly where they get supplies, they had a sticky note with a password to one of their systems in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, that's what I was talking about. That's a no-go, Yeah. you know? I mean, with your password, like I said, if they can... Pull the information on fake Facebook, then you know you have a problem. So you want to make your password, you know, a mix of letters, numbers. Switch out like a O for a zero, or however you want to do, and, and you want to change it relatively often. I would say every two to three months, you know, on Good. that one. But the best thing is to have you know multi-factor authentication. Um, you know, put that in place. And, and as far as passwords, it's important. Make sure you have a password on your laptop. Make sure you have a password on your mobile phone, especially if you have applications and things that you use for business on there. Because, you know, yeah. if you don't have that, what, I mean, we've all done it. We've left our phone somewhere and not realized we left it. You know, that's right there I've for them that. to get into. You know, speaking of that, does biometrics starting to take place today where it's getting to be more prominent where we use that i i just noticed we bought a laptop at the house and it's got a thumbprint mm -hmm. um which makes it really awful because i can't get into it if it's my wife's <laughs> um you know and use it so i have to wait till she comes home or something to get her fingerprint so it's okay for me to use the laptop mm -hmm. is that something that's really starting to take place more and more prominent that you'll start to see this I mean, I think we see them more on equipment and devices, but, you know, I'm real old school because especially the ones that use your face, you know, how hard is it for somebody to grab it and put it in your face and then have access to your information? You know, yeah. you might as well make sure you have a good password on there, or, you know, to unlock it with letters, numbers and all that good stuff. My daughter did that to me the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was, I asked her, she was telling me something about the phone. I was like, what do you mean? And so I started to put the passcode in and she was like, she just like angled it towards my face from like a long way away and she just started on it I was like really that easy like sometimes I have trouble like lining it up so, to my yeah face. she was cyber mugging you yeah she got me man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and I think she can get there in there anyway because sometimes I go in and on my photos there's all kinds of selfies from her sticking her tongue out at me mm -hmm. oh know? wow so yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's fun oh yeah you know Kat is there some Viruses now that are coming out that uh, are new and maybe people don't know about them that seem to be doing a lot of uh, networking damages, maybe adding a worm here and there. I mean, I think they're always coming out with something new, right? I mean, if you, you know, read online or you look at anything that's sent out, you know, Verizon has a really good um, information that they sent out. Avant has another one that they sent out. And the thing is, if you look through them, it's going to tell you here's what's going on. You know, right. And it, I mean, the best way that I can say all the time to protect yourself is to put something in place where you're checking on your network, you're checking on your information, you know, make sure that you have a plan in place. Like, OK, if this happens, here's what I need to do, because the further conversation goes to And I know they're kind of in talks about this and it hasn't 
and to my understanding, been fully is, you know, let's say so you pay to get your information back. So there are some people you can't pay to get your information back because they're funding terrorism. And so now you've technically funded something of that nature. So. Wow. Crazy world. Yeah, that's it a is. donation you don't want to make, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And, well, and, you know, what can be even scarier is, you know, a lot of the time is you're not aware that someone's in your network. The FBI is calling you before you know, like, okay, we've been hit. And by that time, mm-hmm. it's there's already been a lot of damage done. That's true. A lot of times what they'll do is they'll get into your network and they'll just hang out. They're just waiting for the right opportunity to do something. So, you know, let's say you're going through and you're blah, 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 blah. We get up to Christmas and all of a sudden you have this huge month. That's what they're waiting for. But they're already in your network. And they've been there for like six or seven months. So it's not that they just like, you know, strode in. Because uh-huh. that's when you're most susceptible, right? You're, you're likely to make purchasing decisions that you wouldn't normally make because, hey, it's Christmas. Well, not hey. only that, you know, if... If your business, let's say, increases revenue in that month, you're more likely where they're like, all right, now we're going to lock it up and we're going to say, give us this money because we know you've had this money, you know? Right. So they're like, now you're prime. And once you've been hit, I mean, you know, you're prime to get hit again. Mm. It's not like one and done, like, okay, they're done. No, they're like, they had vulnerabilities. They may patch these, but let's find what else is in there. You know, that that's typically found I, w- I would think by audits right you can get into you know your clients computers and give them an audit mm-hmm. as far as uh i don't know to find out whether or not there's mm-hmm. something intrusive going on and- well there's different levels too you know um i work with companies that have everything from where like let's say they're going in and they say all right we're going to audit your company and it's kind of a more, I'll say, price economical way where you give them your password, you give them the information, but they look around and they say, all right, here's where your holes are. You know, we have everything from that to like full on. We're just going to try to get into your system and see what we can find out. And, you know, Ken, isn't there a difference between and I'm just throwing this on the table, a white hat, gray hat and a black hat? Yes, there's definitely going to be a difference between each of those. And that's kind of kind of what you talk about, you know, the white hat being more like, okay, I'm giving them permission to get in and find out where my holes are all the way up to, okay, they're just trying to get in there and find out whatever they can. So, I mean, it's just like you have, a, you know, what they call the ethical hackers, which would yeah. be the people that you would employ to try to see, you know, how can we get into the system versus, you know, obviously the hackers that are out to get you. So that really brings another question of mine. How open are we, do you think, in the Permian Basin as far as some of these companies dealing with the big accounts? I think there's always a danger, um, you know, especially when you look at companies. So, you know, you may have a smaller, medium-sized business that does companies with larger companies like your Halliburton and your Slumberjays and your this, and they have contracts. Yeah. And we've seen it before where, you know, this small company gets hit and that's why they're hit. Not to say that when you contract with these companies, they don't say, hey, you have to have everything in place. Right. But it's still up to you to maintain having all that in place. Wow. And, you know, I noticed, too, that even back in my day, we had policies and procedures um, uh, how to handle certain viruses or certain emails and uh, the, the procedure of reporting that uh, through the chain of command to make sure that uh, we can get somebody on it so it doesn't affect mm-hmm. the entire organization, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do a lot of that nowadays where you write policies and procedures for companies? We do a lot these days where we're helping companies to create their policies and procedures and make sure that, you know, they're educating their employees, um, making sure that, you know, the employees know what to do, what not to do. And one of the biggest things is when you're writing a policy is once an employee experiences or sees something that they know what to do, you know, who do I go to? Who do I contact? How do we stop this right now? Right. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's like everybody's in on it when something happens. Exactly. You know, I found, too, at, at Mayo when, at, when I was there in the IT area that uh, there was a lot of communication from the cybersecurity folks and and the um, infrastructure and architecture kind of uh, folks for security. There were different departments. Mm-hmm. But yet they all worked together. 
Um, but they would inform everybody as to be careful of this, be careful of that. Uh, something new is starting to happen within the marketplace. Uh, be aware of maybe this type of email. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good about informing us. But, you know, a lot of companies just don't do that. Um, I've gone on and, and they've, you know, gone my way of my uh, my career. And I have found that uh, there's sometimes no communication it stays within their IT department and nobody knows what to look for so when it happens it happens exactly well and I think it's it goes back to the most as a business owner whether you're small medium or enterprise the most important asset you have to protect your company is what's between the floor and the computer and that's your employees so the more knowledge that you give them they're going to be able to utilize that to protect the company more eyes on what's going on exactly yeah I mean, because, you know, we've all heard the stories of, you know, like the VP accidentally opens this email and tries to start a transfer to a company that they've worked with a ton of times that they find out is not legit and is a whole new, you know, banking information and all that and get stopped. But, you know, we've also heard about secretaries. We've heard about office managers. We've heard about, you know. Yeah, I hate to say, you know, John Smith in the accounting department got an email or HR, payroll, you know, the whole mix yeah. of things. There's vulnerability points everywhere. Mm-hmm. And humans are the ones who are interacting with those vulnerability points. Exactly. So that's that's the weak, right? Because mm-hmm. you can put all the digital, I get, what do you call them, walls or blocks? Or, you can put everything in place, mm-hmm. but if you don't train yourself and your employees you know, you still have that weak link, so to speak. Right. I mean, and who doesn't love like a free t-shirt? And we've seen that those kinds of things or who gets concerned, you know, let's say you're not that knowledgeable and you get an email, kind of what I was talking about, where it looks like it's from Microsoft and y'all use Microsoft for your email. And then they're like, oh, we've got to do this, this, and this. You're almost out of storage. And so they go ahead and they write or they click on it, but it's not from them. You know, everything else looks exactly like it except for the email. Right, right, and it it's, it's, could be subtle differences. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, that's the thing too. Is um, I was told one of the biggest things you can watch for for a hacker when they want to push you onto a, a landing page is check the spelling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, eleven-year-olds don't spell very good. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's the thing. It's those little bitty changes that, you know, us as humans Should just want to autocorrect, you know, yeah. when we look at it. Ah, that's a good point. Instead of it. Gloss like, over it. Yeah, like instead of it being Bank of America or instead of Netflix, whomever it can be, this huge company, the, it'll be misspelled. Mm-hmm. And so you'll go in there and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got to ask, Kat, is there a difference in different types of networks that are safer than others? You know, like, for instance, maybe a, a bus network versus a star network or mm-hmm. any of those kind of networks that you would say that as a small business, this is what I would look at first. What I would really always say to a small business is, you know, number one, look at how you're interacting with your clientele. Okay. And then when at all possible, put a zero trust network in place put a zero trust philosophy in place because and the reason i say that is you know you don't want your hvac company to be able to access your records you know and it can be anything from like okay this these employees need to access this you know make sure that's all they can access because you're leaving yourself vulnerable so only give to those the permissions Mm-hmm. to the information that they only need mm-hmm. without granting them the ability to look at everything in the company. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really smart. I, I, I think you're, you're really putting up some good roadblocks. Exactly, because you want to think of it like they're entering a hotel, right? Right. And let's say it's a high-end hotel. So, you know, everybody can enter necessarily through the door, but before they can get upstairs, you know, they have to have a key card. And then, obviously, before they can get into the room, that key card has to give them access. So, so say, you have a, say you have a startup, mm-hmm. and they, uh, you know, startups don't have a lot of money mm-hmm. getting going, you know, and, but they, they have a lot of data, customer information, they need to protect it. Um, and for, so for them to put, you know, so the, I'm just thinking of the business owner right now who... Mm-hmm is listening to this 
and says, oh, wow, I'm completely open and vulnerable. All I have is, you know, a couple computers and, you know, Wi-Fi, my, you know, my Internet going on. Mm-hmm. What can I do today? And is it going to is it going to cost an arm and a leg to secure my system? Mm-hmm. Like, are there ways to for a startup to protect, you know, even at a minimal level? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I talked about multi-factor authentication. Um, The next thing, and I will tell you this, I think this is from a branding perspective and from a startup perspective. If your email is, you know, I don't know, just because there's a horse picture, you know, turquoisehorse at gmail.com, that's problem number one. Mm. You know, we need to, you need to have an email, a professional grade email. You need to have professional grade email, you know, services behind it. Mm-hmm. so that you're protected because eat, train your employees but the thing is you can do things to put in place so that the employees you know I mean not that they're not having to look but they're already somewhat protected right something that you know when they get these emails it automatically goes into a folder and says these ones we're really concerned about before it is there that's a great point yeah. the email right because mm-hmm. we tell our, our, our customers all the time get a business address yes Get your ad soandso.com. Exactly. You know, and like I said, behind that, get an email service. There's like, you know, there's Coro. There's all these other different companies that they're not very expensive per email address just to protect your email. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and protect that and, and, you know, work efficiently, get things done. Definitely. Right. Because getting your email, that system already has some security Mm -hmm. in place. Exactly. Right. Well, and, you know, on top of that, you know, you talked about, okay, so I'm in this office and, you know, we've got Wi-Fi. You know, make sure you have a closed network, that you're not giving out your password. You're not giving out your information to everybody who comes in to work on it, that you have, you know, created a guest network. You know, get a professional grade, you know, wireless access point in place. You know, do your due diligence, you know, get a firewall, whether it be on-prem or whether it be you know, in the cloud, make sure that you have all those things in place. So just to, to clarify, on-prem means on-premises. Yes. Like it's hard. Can you that explain means the difference? It's, it's a hardware device that's there. And, you know, and that leads to a bigger conversation because you know, it's great to have these things in place, but make sure that you're checking to make sure the patches are going through because that's the only way that they're truly protecting you. So that's been a huge problem when I was at Mayo <clears throat> Hospital is the patches were never updated. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the auditors came in and caught that. There are some heads that rolled over that because when you're, you know, the old saying is, is when you have a software mm-hmm. that uh, I'm not going to mention any software names, but if you have a software and you're not updating the software and you have a threat that comes out and typically you want to make sure that patch is there before the before that virus gets involved with all mm-hmm. the computers, it'll always happen if you're not making sure that you're updating your 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 system. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people, well, there was a lot of trouble that went on with that. Well, I can even think to a couple of years ago, and I think this was prior to 2020, um, you know, Apple notified HP like, hey, your wireless printers have a hole in them where people can access people's network. And so the next thing you know, you're having to update the, update the software for your printers. Because, you know, how many, we don't necessarily directly plug into the printers anymore. You know, we do Wi-Fi to get yep. into them. And it changed the way that you had to do that. And so for, like, a couple of my clients, they were, like, super upset and frustrated. And I was like, yes, but you'd rather be protected than not protected. There you go. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's the same thing for your phones. I cannot say enough you know when an update comes out make sure you're updating your phones you're updating your computers you know i mean those are simple ways to help protect yourself so for the technology literate like myself mm-hmm. a patch would be like an update exactly okay yeah. mm-hmm. okay awesome yeah yeah basically update. they're saying like so let's say you have you know a hardware firewall in place and it's not managed nobody's taking care of it for you well if you get that in august i can guarantee you in six months there's patches that need to have been done kind of like when you get the new computer you can't even use it for the till the next day because of all the updates, updates. exactly <laughs> exactly uh, you know, okay. and those are just additional additional things to protect yourself you know i hate to say there's never like this one and done but, you know, there are things you can do to make sure that you're protecting yourself, your company, and your clients. 
that hackers are always advancing mm-hmm. every day. Um, and that comes too to the point where computers are always updating. Every 12 to 14 months, they're getting faster. Mm-hmm. New technologies coming out to accommodate the speed. Um, and those two enable, I imagine, some holes in the system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think, gosh dang, there's a lot to keep up with. Well, there is. And I think sometimes there can be a, a misconception where they're like, okay, so I have an on-prem phone system. So I'm less likely to get hacked than if I have a hosted phone system. And I'm like, you know, or the same thing with servers. Like, oh, I've got this on site. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm holding it, you know, versus being in the cloud. And there's no truth to that. You know, there's vulnerability everywhere around. So Because it's on site. It's still, it's still connected, connected to, to a area. network somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. exactly. And that's the keys to the front door, right, is the network. Mm-hmm. And so either way, you're going to have to always update. But if you're on the cloud, that's a service that the mm-hmm. company that you're on the cloud with, that they're automatically updating, updating, updating. Right? Or you're trusting in them you're to trusting, do it. Or you're trusting right. in them. I always say trust but verify. You know? oh, that's, that's a, a good that's one. a great trust Russian proverb verify. for sure <laughs> yeah that's a good one I mean and that goes to your backups you know trust but verify mm-hmm. like make sure that if you're backing up to the cloud that it is backing up all the information it's backing up everything that you need because the last thing you want to have is you know either a disaster happen or you get hacked or something happen and lo and behold you have that's not really updating everything you're just getting fragments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or you know all those uh, what do they call them the wingdings and the you know just little symbols yeah. Instead of your actual, what you had in there? Ex- yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Worst. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, small business owners, uh, you know, if you got to be aware of the threats out there. Exactly. I, I, and, I, you know, I think that's the most important thing is just, you know, you cannot think as a business owner, oh, well, I'm just this tiny little operation nobody's going to want to go after me. Well, you know what? Your tiny little operation, they're still interested in, and what they're, you know, like I said, they may go in there and hang out for a while and wait for like a really good month. And they're like, all right, here we go. We got them. Yeah, I I like the the, the thought process on that. Mm -hmm. I'm small. No one's going to touch me. That's exactly the reason why they would. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the you're the kind of person that doesn't have the necessary uh, roadblocks, if you will, uh, to stop the intrusion. That's true. And then here we are. I'm easy, uh, and I got you. Um, mm-hmm. There's a chiropractor here in town, and I hope he's listening. Uh, it wasn't too <laughs> long ago that I was in this parking lot, and I realized his network was wide open. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, there you go. Um, a lot of customers, if you will, who are carrying insurance possibly and all those other good things, um, why couldn't I capture that? Uh, it's open. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, let me ask too, do you come uh, across just about every customer or quite a bit of customers who have an open network that they just don't realize it? Um, I think I come across quite a bit of customers who not necessarily have a full open network, but I don't think they realize all the different spaces that are open right you know like they're thinking about you know let's say their brick and mortar where are their headquarters but then they're not necessarily thinking about oh well when he's working from home or oh his phone or you know you've got mobile device management you've got there's just so many different aspects to it it's not just like i hate to say back in the day it's not like back in the day when you just went to the office and you work from the office you know Right. And that's exactly what we're doing more and more today. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, since the pandemic, we've learned that uh, we can work from home. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, you got to do the same thing at home that you'd have to do at the corporate office. That's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shut all the doors to not allow people in. You know, and, and that leads to the question is when people leave, what are they, what all are they accessing? Well, that's a great question. Yeah. What programs are they accessing? How are they accessing these programs, you know? Right. You know, and leads to their home network. What is their home network set up like? Can I drive by and guess their password, you know, yeah. so they're not safe and secure? Or, you know, they're just completely open, you know? And that's getting to be easier. That's happening too a lot. 
Well, and you think about it, you know, somebody who's working from home is more likely to go to Best Buy and just grab one of their, like, you know, Netgear wireless access points or something of that nature that is not necessarily as safe and secure. Not that they're not secure in any way, shape, or form. But they're not the answer to everything. Exactly. And that's what people need to understand. I think we, we're, we're in the same shape. We think that we've got one good thing, and that one good thing is going to protect us from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, I see these companies who have massive amount of customer information. Mm-hmm. And you would think that's what drives your company. Why would you allow that to be open just to, for anyone? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it goes back to, you know, the one man shop per se, you know, whether that be, you know, obviously if you're a chiropractor or you're a doctor or you deal with something like that, you're going to have, you know, HIPAA is going to come into place. You're going to have compliance issues that are going to come into place and all of that. And though you don't want to be hit with a violation of that nature, I mean, nobody wants to be hit with anything, but right. you know, for your small, medium-sized business, you can get hit with a violation and get fined, and that can be, like, game over. Yeah. Or, you know, it goes down to, let's say, they lock up your system and they say, hey, we want, you know, such and such amount of money. The question is, can you pay that, and what is the repercut, you know, repercussions of paying that? Yeah, it's not like you can just plug in a new network and get your, your information back. It doesn't happen that way, mm-hmm. folks. Well... And also, you know, you're trusting in somebody else that they're going to give your information back once you pay. And that's not a guarantee. Nope. That sure isn't. I wouldn't think so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you never see them. You don't know who they are. Exactly. You never see them. You don't know who they are. You know, if they're any good, it's going to be hard to figure, find them, figure them out, so to speak. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, so what do you do in that situation? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you kind of, wow, you kind of have to pay it just hope, hoping, mm-hmm. right? There's companies out there that have, right? Cats yes. That they pay it. Uh, do they get their information back? Is that 100% sometimes? or? It's not 100% that you've gotten your information back. Um, luckily, most of the companies that I've dealt with have gotten their information back, um, you know, and that's them following the proper procedure, you know letting people know what happened and being very open and honest mm-hmm. about it. I mean, still, you get your information back, everything's cool, but who's to say they didn't duplicate it and still have it? Exactly. You know, who's to say, where is that information going? And the, you know, and the repercussions can be, okay, so, you know, a hundred of my clients' information got out. Now I have to pay for, you know, fraud protect for them for the next three years. Well, you know, things, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a bigger conversation than, okay, just this. It's how does it affect my business? A lot of times people will look at it and be like, oh, you know, the expense of certain things of putting in place there may feel overwhelming to them. But the question is, what happens if you don't have this? You know, what is the cost of that? Right. Mm-hmm. So again, that goes back to the idea. Please correct me if I'm wrong for <laughs> sure. Uh, what are you willing to give up? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of going back to the old days of the Spaniards digging a hole and kind of burying things. But, you know, in the old days, it used to be you think you, you got what you came after, and those are the things that mean the least amount to us. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, that's, you know, you got water faucets everywhere. Exactly. Um, and you got to be able to turn them off. Yeah, you want to be able to protect yourself, protect your clients, you know. Now, obviously, that's extremely important, um, but you want to put something in place. Something is better than nothing. Right. That's what I always tell people when you're starting out. You know, number one, get a business grade email service. Make sure that you know you have a professional email, something that can't just be duplicated. Because what's to stop somebody if you're, you know, I don't know, oh. turquoise horse at gmail.com from them getting into your system and then going, oh, hey, we're turquoise horse one at gmail.com. Or spelled turquoise with just a transverse exactly. letter and you'll you know. never tell the difference. Exactly. Well, isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name names, but I know a company here that still works off of an AOL address. Yeah, no, there's there's several. Yeah, yeah I, we, we've got small companies mm-hmm. that we've dealt with that mm-hmm. actually helping them. Um, that's the first thing I noticed. My God, AOL, really? Mm-hmm. Um, it's still around. That's yeah. what we say. They're still, they're still around. They're still operating. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw a net zero not too long ago. 
I know. Well, and I have uh, one of the law firms, one of their their gentlemen was still like holding on to his southwesternbell.net. And I was like, dude, this this is going away. So you're going to have to (laughs) figure out what you're going to do. Obviously, my recommendation is let's just not have random emails out there. Let's let's stick with, you know, such and such law firm dot com. You know, I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, it's it's not just about protecting yourself it's about branding your company it's about you know being known things and that so you know make sure you have a website make sure you have an email you know if you're taking payments on your website make sure that everything's legit you've put security in place if you know make sure you have ddos protection if that's going to be something that's extremely important to you and if you go down you're going to lose money could you say that again some what protection ddos ddos can you explain a little bit what that is Basically, it's when someone goes in to overwhelm your network. So you'll get hit constantly and consistently, um, and they'll overwhelm your network where you can't take orders or you can't do anything. And until you fix that problem, there's nothing you can do. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the request comes in, and the computer can't handle all the requests. So yes. I don't know if you've ever seen Lucille Ball and the... And the candy the factory, factory yeah, right? The candy factory. Yeah, and she's yeah. trying to get the candy down her mouth and hide and all that, and it yeah. keeps speeding up. Oh, that's exactly what I think the system it's classic. does. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's what you want to think about. It's like all of a sudden you've gone from zero to 10,000 getting hit, and it just cannot handle it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I mean, not that long ago, there was a, a makeup launch, and they got hit with a DDoS. DDoS attack the exact same time of their yeah. launch, and so nobody could order. Wow. So, you know, not only are they having this DDoS attack, but now they've got customers that are super upset because they were looking forward to this, mm-hmm. and and that's, you know, it's bad for your reputation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a pain yeah. in the you-know-what. Yeah. And so, I mean... <laughs> it's drop of business. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I don't know how you get that business back. Mm-hmm. That'd be tough. Mm-hmm. You know, so. but I, I love how you are integrating the security with the branding of a mm-hmm. business and you know the brand awareness right mm-hmm. it, it's it really is a kind of a uniform kind of a front right yes because you're protecting yourself but you're also establishing your brand identity mm-hmm. and and building brand equity and trust from your customers you know so it, it, it kind of like all works together really well if you think about it uh so you know the entrepreneurs out there, yeah, have that whole 360 perspective. Well, and think about this. how do your clients want to interact with you? I mean, I'm not going to get into specific age sets, but, you know, some clients like to talk over the phone. Some clients prefer email. Some clients prefer text messaging. And what you want to make sure is, or messaging, however you want, mm-hmm. that, you know, you're protected all around that yeah. circle. Yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so if you're messaging back and forth with your client you know are you doing that in a with a compliant messaging service are you keeping everything safe and secure Mm -hmm. on both sides of that and the same thing with email you know you know are your clients sending you credit card numbers through the email you know wow yeah no 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 no. yeah (laughs) exactly like you want to make sure art like and i think of it this way so you know i work with a particular plumbing company for my house i have no complaints about how fast they get out but i have to call them over the phone to pay because they can't just invoice me through my email Hmm. so if they added that ability to invoice through my email you know that expands obviously my customer satisfaction because then Hmm. i can just go in and pay it one and done Right, and you yeah. feel more secure doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I get that. Um, you know, maybe that's something too that a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. is that uh, in doing it this way, you're creating a bigger issue than mm-hmm. making it, uh, let's say, convenient. Uh, I usually know that convenience carries a price tag one way or another. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> I, I think, too, with convenience is, you know, how effective you can be with the systems that you put in place. Amen. You know, because, yes, you want to be convenient for your clients, but you also want to make sure, like, okay, if my client is messaging me on this, you know, platform service, however, making sure that you're getting back with them within a time frame. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I like it simple, like, you know, I know you guys have a Facebook page. I have a Facebook page. When someone reaches out, do you have an auto reply that says, hey, we're so glad you reached out to me. We normally answer, you know, our messages within 24 to 48 hours. 
if you need immediate assistance, feel free to do this. Mm. You know, little things, little tweaks like that help your customer service. Absolutely. So, and it's the same thing, you know, if, if you're, I'm thinking of plumbing, obviously, but if you're having a plumbing issue and you can't get a hold of anybody and you can't, you know, that's extremely frustrating. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, somebody will be there in the next two hours. And mm -hmm. Ten hours later. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, it's all making sure you have the systems in place, work with your technology, and make sure that you're helping to, you know, build that customer service, build that, you know, I good feelings between you and your clients and meeting them where they're at. Because it's about the experience. Right? Exactly. It's about it's the customer experience. experience. Customer experience is so important mm -hmm. in this day and age. You know, yeah. I mean, and we yeah, all know that people have no problem going on Facebook talking <clears> about <throat> how they went to a particular Mexican restaurant and had like two little strips of heated meat in there. And I mean, we've yeah. all seen the pictures. Was that one of mine? <laughs> um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a lot of great information. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Useful. You know, and it's the lifeline of your business. That's why I think it's so important for what she does and how many people that she's helped. Um, if you're looking to stay in business, you might as well create the foundation to enable that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, that's why we have people like Kat who uh, can enable that for sure. And uh, you can walk away from your, your work, your job, or whatever it may be, at home especially nowadays, and know that your house is safe. You know, my pocketbook is safe. Uh, and if you don't have that feeling inside you, well, then you better be calling Cat today. Um, because really, that's what you got to have. And some people just don't think the importance of it because I think the best point you brought up today for me anyway is it's not about if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can divert some of those issues by putting in, in the safeguards that you mentioned earlier today, um, you're better off for it. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think that when I talk about the tech stack, you know, it's everything that you do from, you know, your phone systems, your internet, the mobile devices that you have, you know, if you're a trucking company, if you, you know, have, um, electronic logs or, you know, yeah. all these things. And, you know, I always tell people that there's, there's always ways to tweak things. You know, and we can't guarantee always that we can make something less expensive, but we can preemptively protect you. You know, if and I always use mobile device management because it's one of the easiest things to think about. You know, if you don't want your your employees going way over their data or doing something crazy, you know, put in blocks so they can't look at YouTube, they can't look at Netflix, they can't look at you know Spotify, things of that nature. I mean, and and it also prevents you can put like I don't want any of these websites to be looked at as well. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. Because think about it. When your employee leaves the office, oh. who all is actually on that laptop? Right. You know, I think we saw that a lot during 2020 where, you know, everybody is home. So kids are on the laptop and over here is on the laptop, you know. Because yeah. they had to do their homework. Exactly. Yeah. You had to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think technology has made life in a lot of ways so much easier. And, you know, it's great that we can work from home or we can work from anywhere. But you also want to make sure wherever you're at that you're protecting yourself, you're protecting your company, right. you're protecting your clients. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's well said. I was I was going to ask if you had anything <laughs> to say, but I think you just said it right there yeah. beautifully. Yeah. For sure. Well, Kat, let's tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Phone number, email. Mm -hmm. How do you want to be contacted? So you can always get a hold of me over the phone, which is 432-288-0883. Or feel free to email me, and that's cat, like my name, K-A-T, at shelbyts.com. One more time for the email. Cat, K-A-T, at shelbyts.com. Fantastic. And for someone out there like just wondering... You could do like a uh, like an analysis on their system and how it stands, how vulnerable they are right now in the exactly. moment, and then from there mm -hmm. they can make a decision if they feel. That's a great point. Yes, yeah. I mean, and that's one of the big things that Shelby Tech strives to do for our clientele is we're here to help you today, tomorrow, and the next day. You know, let's talk about what your digital transformation looks like and exactly how comfortable you are going forward. So that's what we all should be doing is having her come out and at least do an evaluation 
and then give them a level of safety, if you will. Um, and, you know, you can discuss price and equipment and all the other good things, but at least know where you stand. Mm-hmm. Right. That's exactly. first step. Step one, right? That's yeah. right. Step one, you know, let us come in. Let us evaluate your tech stack that you have right now and, you know, and look at places we may help you save as well as, you know, I hate to say reallocating, but places that we can help you protect your business and yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's all for the, the business and their customers' best interest. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. I've, this was a great podcast. I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, you were in class today, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. We love you to death, Kat, and sure. we do. We, we appreciate so much that you do for the community, to these businesses. Um, let's not just forget, too, it's, her knowledge is, of being an expert is somebody you need attached to your company. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. thank you for coming on. Yes, yeah. thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right.